Day Board Game Podcast with your host, Daniel. And Daniel. I think I got that good, like, Southern California radio host <laughs> vibe going. What did you think of that? I tried to add, like, at 95.5 KL, whatever, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I tried to add in that little little twang in there. You know? The breathy voice, as I call it. You know? <laughs> Actually, you know what? Speaking of radio hosts, I have a reason I don't listen to the radio anymore. Like, hands down. They don't play good music? Well, that's a good reason. And the fact that their DJs are annoying. Because, like, I I was, I was, I took a trip this weekend up to Santa Fe to see one of my favorite magicians of all time. Okay. And while we're there, we're listening to the radio, and I was just driving around with my wife. And on the radio, the, like, I swear, the radio announcer was like, some people donate money to the homeless. We donate money to the topless. Welcome to our radio. I'm like, this is the dumbest thing I have just ever heard. I just got stupider right now. I found out why I, that was the quintessential, in a nutshell, the reason I don't listen to radio any, any. Like, I will gladly make my driving skills unsafe looking at my phone to put something on to avoid dumb comments like that. Honestly, I've been actually listening to more terrestrial radio than often than not. Terrestrial radio. What is that? Uh, that's what they call. Because uh, you have digital radio and then you have terrestrial radio. Oh, okay. So analog radio. Yeah, they yeah. call it terrestrial because it's the it doesn't yeah. it's not coming from a satellite. Right. Because you have satellite and terrestrial radio. That's the that's the thing. Interesting. Okay. And so I've been listening to a lot more because I've been driving the wife to the airport. So. Oh yeah. I don't have Bluetooth in my car. It's one of the older ones. It's like a 2013, so it's 10 years old. Now that was optional. I was like, ah, eh, whatever. Now. Listening to it, I'm like, yeah, I don't get morning shows anymore because I've been listening to a lot of the Buzz Adams morning show, the El Paso yeah. local one. It's so dumb. It, it's fine. I like some of the stuff that they talk about. Uh, some of it's funny. Some of it's just like, okay, this is stupid. Well, like, the one of the radios, I, I was listening like last week or something, and one of the radio hosts, she was talking about, like, she was having trouble pronouncing a name. And then she just quipped, she was like, oh, it'd be so great for me to open an OnlyFans and try and pronounce his name for money. <laughs> And then they were like, ha, 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 that's so funny. And my son was like, yeah, that would be funny. I'm like, whoa, hold on. What? <laughs> I was like, what do you know and why do you know it? <laughs> like, Dude, he probably knows more than you. He probably does. But here's He's the thing. He's 14. He is 14. But he, no, he, he innocently enough, I was like, what do you know about it? He was like, isn't that where people get paid uh, money to do dumb things? I'm like, yeah, pretty much. Anyway, never speak of it again. <laughs> Nice save. It's like, oh my god, you know, like, that, like, radio is so bad now, but thankfully you don't have to listen to radio, because you have the Everyday Board Game Podcast to listen to. At all 160 plus episodes. We have content for you to choose from, (laughs) and not only that, we want you to encourage other people listening, because stay tuned for later, because we're going to be giving you some information on how to enter in a contest. We'll get to that later. Well, we're going to mention what we're giving away. This copy of Marvel United. And before you say it, yes, Illuminous was Marvel <laughs> United. This is to celebrate our newest season, our recent episodes. We're starting off with a top eight debate. This will be going through four episodes and our new logo yep. that we are showing off here. And the big thing about it, too, is um, for us, now that summer's over, pretty much, you're back at work, yep. everything's settling down. My trip is over till October. Uh, that's when I do my big one for my anniversary. Two months away. Wow. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's not that far. Luckily, you got my passports in finally. Hey, that's good. So we're gonna give a little, a little giveaway to help us. And you're just going to Wisconsin. <laughs> just 
Okay. That made no sense at all. Yeah, you go to your, get a passport because we're leaving from Mexico to a different country. You know, the United States. If you have to explain the joke, it's a bad joke. <laughs> okay, fair enough. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. <laughs> I'll give you that. All right, but today's episode is... We are going to be doing a top eight debate. And this was a very specific one, but after we started reading through it, it made a lot more sense. This is action retrieval games. Now, allow us to clarify. Action games, or ones that use actions, is a common common procedure in board games. There's a lot of games that give you either action points or just specific uh, criteria of different actions you can take. Uh-huh. Um, oftentimes, these actions are played with cards. Action retrieval games, you actually have to gather those set of actions back into your hand in order to continue playing them yep. or some kind of variation on that path. and board game geek defines it as each player has a set of actions available to them embodied in cards tokens or some other affordance and once performed they are spent and may not be performed again until retrieved action retrieval typically is itself an action or may take an entire turn there we go but before we get into the debate itself as always we want to talk about daniel what have you been playing lately I haven't been playing too much because, like I said, I went to Cleveland most recently. I did get some games. I do want to mention, um, if you're ever in the Cleveland area and you're not <laughs> claustrophobic. Ups- claustrophobic, go check out a game store called War- uh, Warzone Matrix. It is wall-to-wall of anything you really need. Uh, RPG books, miniatures, board games... All that stuff. It was amazing. We were just talking about it on top of the podcast. Uh, it stresses uh, Illuminus here out, and he's just doing through a Google map uh, trail through it. It is amazing. Yeah, but if you are not a fan of clutter, don't go in there. If you're scared of hoarders, don't go in there. But if you get a chance, go check it out. It is an experience. I can just imagine, like, like you're checking out your games and stuff, and you hear, like, a... a, like a... A falling of a shelf and this loud crumbling noise as everything falls over. And then the the employee just looks at you and it's like... <laughs> yeah, pretty yeah, much. No, whatever. And you're like, aren't you going to clean it? Like, it won't notice. <laughs> you won't notice it's cleaner. Yep, yep. But the first game I want to talk about that <laughs> I have been playing, though, um, played it right before I went to my trip. You, unfortunately, weren't able to make it that day. Yeah, you have I was, played I was this pretty game. sick. Yeah. yeah. And this one is Tidal Plays Banner Festival. Yes, which freaking awesome game. It is good a pick. really, really good game. Uh, it's kind of interesting. I could see why some people compare it to a trick taking. Sure. Others compare it to like a high low, because you don't really win the trick, but there is the trick taking aspect of it. If you play the high card or the trump card, um, then you take one part of the action. If you're in the middle, you take a different action, and if you're the bottom or the last lowest card. You take a um, uh, the card action, and so the way it works basically is if you play the high card, and you play it in three rounds, and whoever has the most points at the end of the game wins. If you play a card, you're all playing cards out. And the one thing I don't like is in a third player there's a dummy player, in a three player game there's a dummy player. Mm. Basically, yep. just to set the high low and stuff like that. Uh, so yeah, we were a little frustrated with that, but. When you play the high card or the trump card, whatever it is, then you get to move yourself to the gate. You're basically running your little jet ski around the thing. You move yourself across the board because whenever you pass the gate, you get a or um, make a lap, you get a bonus of some sort or another. Yep. And so uh, you're doing that. If you're in the middle, so like if there's two of us in the middle and the the bot player basically was the lowest, then both of us are playing an area control part of the game, where you put your 
I forget what they're called, but it's basically your it tokens. Is, yeah. yeah, your tokens out on the board, uh, depending on the card. Sometimes it says if you played an even card, you can go here, or if you played uh, a certain number card, you can place it on here. Uh, yep. And then uh, if you're the lowest one, the card will tell you, "Hey, collect fruit," because that's one of the end game trigger or the round triggers. If all the fruit's gone, that's a trigger. And I can't remember what the other trigger is, but mm, there's two triggers that, yeah. that end the rounds. And so you do that for three rounds, most money wins, or most points wins. Um, when you do that, you person who has the most fruit, they make a certain amount of points. If the person who has the second most gets something, then you do the little area control areas. The person whoever, who has the most in that area gets a certain amount of points, and second place gets another point. Um, if you're playing four or higher, third place will get point totals. If you're playing a three-player game, only first and second will score. Uh, really simple, really quick. Actually, we played it in maybe 30, 45 minutes, if that. And this is for two new players. Yeah. Uh, really good game. I liked it a lot. Yeah, we played it as a three-player at uh, the Game of Trade show. And, and our mutual friend, he was just enamored with it. Yeah, I liked it a lot, too. Um, that was what I, that was more like what I was expecting Tidal Blades, the original base game, was yeah. supposed to be like. Yeah. And it was funny uh, mentioning how, like, uh, our friend Dom was um, enamored with it playing at the Gamma Trade Show. Yeah. Our friend Gamehead Geek was so enamored with it, he bought it on the spot yep. on, off of Game Nerds because they had it on sale for, like, 25 That is a great <laughs> sign when that happens. It <laughs> yeah. really is. All right, the first game I wanted to talk about is a small little Press Your Luck game that I went out of my way to buy. Um, which stressed me out because I went to Target to buy it. Okay. I saw on their website they had it ready in stock. I went there. It was not on the shelf. I asked an employee. They they found the spot that it was supposed to be. They're like, huh, yeah, it's not here. And then they scanned the barcode. And it says we have three in stock. Went in the back, couldn't find it. Asked other employees, couldn't find it. And this was gone. <laughs> and so I was like, well, it's all right. I'll come back and buy it. And then Barnes & Noble had it, so I bought it there instead. <laughs> and I was like, well, we lost out, Target. You got to yeah. stock on time. Yeah. But I would have bought it there. And it was a small little uh, $20 Press Your Luck dice game. Called Chicken, uh, from Keymaster Games, and Scott Alms is the designer. the The game is quite simple. It comes with uh, twelve really nice dice. Um, you have white, yellow, and orange dice. Mm -hmm. um, you have a really cool board, and you have tokens with different symbols on it. Like somebody could be a farmer, or a tractor, or a poop. Because why not? Actually, it's pretty memorable. It's pretty happy. And so the idea is first to get 25 victory points wins, mm -hmm. and the way it works is that on your turn, if I'm the very first player, I'm going to roll all four white dice. Any of uh, the foxes that I have act as essentially like um, the shotgun blast and the zombie dice. You set them aside, if you have three of those, you bust. Then you set aside any of your chicken faces, those okay. are each worth a point. And then your uh, blank sides don't do anything, but the eggs will hatch you more dice. So you start getting the yellow dice, once those run out, you start getting the red dice. Okay. Um, the better the die, the more likely you're going to get something really good, but the more likely you're also going to get bad stuff, like more foxes and whatnot. Okay. So after a while, it just starts getting really, really... If you have all 12 dice, it's very likely you'll bust right off the bat. Okay. But the way it works is cool. It's press your luck in one... Kind of. You can choose to get one re-roll out of it. You can't go past one more roll. So I could roll all of my blank and eggs plus the new dice I rolled, and get that and score my chickens. Mm -hmm. But all of the dice that I have, including the ones that were hatched, get passed to the next player, and they choose to roll all of them, or they can chicken out. 
Okay. If they ever chicken out because it's just too much, like maybe they're far ahead and they're like, you know what, no, I'm not going to bust already. Yeah. They can spend one victory point and then go right back to all white dice, the, f the first four. And so they chicken out, it's less likely they'll get points, but it's a lot safer. So there's that a little bit of give and take. It's more of like a group press your luck. I like the idea of like, like the dice get bigger and bigger until eventually someone's like, no, no, I can't. <laughs> let's just, let's just, I'll spend a point. That's fine. You know, and then go with it. Okay. So I thought that was cool. Um, overall, good production, nice game, simple enough. I like his other Press Your Luck Dice game, Martian Dice, a lot better. That's That was always kind of my favorite. So when I found out he was making another dice game, I'm like, all right, let's try it. And I don't like it quite as much. And I do like Zombie Dice probably about as much as this. But yeah, okay. overall, it was a fun game. Okay. Puzzle Tube, inexpensive, 20 bucks. Simple. Not bad. Yeah. All right, the next game I'm going to talk about... I. I know you own it. I think you've played it. Uh, it's a Phil Walker Harding game, one of his more Probably. recent ones. I don't think I have any of his on my shelf of shame. Um, this one is, I think it's with Matthew Dunstan. Maybe? Uh, my Shelfie. Yes. I just part. recently played it, actually, this past Saturday, and I wanted to talk about it. It's fun. Yeah. It's really fun. Great components. Great components. I have one issue, and one issue only. Because the whole, you got to get the pieces, if they're on the edge, you can get them from the middle. Yep. All those things start to scatter, like there's no tomorrow when yep. you're trying to get the pieces off. And it's like, I don't know how you would fix that, honestly, yep. Yep. but it is still a blast of a game. And relatively cheap, really great components. And it's fun, like you have your own private little goal where you're trying to uh, get all the, the proper pieces in a certain area. But then you have the common goals, and the first one to beat it at the end of the turn gets to take the highest score, kind of Baron Park style. It's, it's really, really cool. I, I dig it. It was real simple because you just take one, two, or three pieces. Mm -hmm. And then you have to place those pieces in any order that you want, but they have to be in the same column. So you can't do, like, I'm going to put this two here and one here. No, they have to be in the same column. So it makes you think, okay, but then also because of the common goals, you want certain groupings. Like uh, the ones that we had, it was like you need to have a grouping of four, four times of the uh, four different groupings of four yeah and so it doesn't have to be the straight line how it is it just has to be groupings of four so i could do like a three one way and then one connecting making the nail that's fine and then the other one is he had to do five across and it has to be all the same that was very very difficult mm -hmm. almost got it and then my wife blocked me twice she blocked me twice because yeah. I was trying... Because also at the end of the game, your groupings, uh, your biggest groupings of something or another will give you points as well. Mm -hmm. And she blocked me and took the piece that I needed to get to finish my five in a row oh. to get the... Sec I'd have a six and a six because I got beaten both times to those things. And then I was like, okay, fine. I need to get a plant in here. This way I have another grouping of four for my plants. She took the plant too the next round. I was like... Okay, I guess I'm getting a three grouping because I can't yep. get into four. But, yeah, it was fun. I really, really like it. I love the, the fact that you get variability based on the goal cards, personal and common goals. Other than that, it's just whatever comes out on the board. Yeah. Really neat game. It's like playing Connect Four by yourself. Yeah, it kind <laughs> of is. Yeah, I mean, it's, it worked out pretty well. I did end up liking it, but I have not played it almost. No, I haven't played it at all since I bought it the first time. Played it, I think, twice. Yeah, I, I, it's been on my shelf of shame since early June when we did the uh, all-day gaming mm -hmm. at the shop, the your uh, Zia Comics tabletop day. Yep. Um, bought it, just just been one to get it tried, but we hadn't had a chance, and finally the wife's like, well, why don't you take that one? I'm like, okay, we'll take yeah. it. Good idea. 
Yeah. Seemed like she liked it. Oh, yeah, she enjoyed it. Yeah. She had a good time with it, especially when she kept screwing me over. <laughs> wives, right? Yep. Yep, specifically our wives. <laughs> exactly. And the last game I wanted to talk about that I've played uh, was a game that you have played already and was on my shelf shame for a while. I finally got it to the table two weeks ago. Um, had a pretty big group. We had, I think, five players. And uh, it was really fun playing as, you know, one of these uh, personas, that, like arguing against the, the prosecutor. Oh! I finally played Voices in my head. It's a really cool game, huh? It's really cool. It's I, really neat. It, it's it's too simple. Like, it, at first you look at well, it and you're like, man, that, it, looks, that looks intimidating. No, it's very simple. It um, is very simple. When you get into the advanced play, it gets a little more difficult. Right. And, and it was one of those things where uh, one versus ev anybody, or like asymmetry, yeah. works really well in my group. Specifically, if Jim is the different <laughs> player, because he was the prosecutor and he loved that. Uh, he loved neat, picking right? the scenario. He loved seeing what people are going for. He loved pushing people's tokens off and mess with them, knowing what's going to come out. Yep. He like the the storyline behind it was silly. the The whole game itself was hilarious. It's like, oh, I shouldn't have had that burrito, but well, that's another problem I'll deal with later. It's, like, it's so dumb, but it was, it was so hilarious and how it worked. And now I'm starting to really like the humor of unexpected games. Yeah. And now yeah. I'm probably gonna have to pick up Three Thousand Scoundrels because I'm. I really want to pick that one up, especially because of the expansion. I, I'm mm -hmm. hearing the expansion does really work for it. Yeah. So it looks, but yeah, I'd like. What is funny is because I know Kabuto Sumo is what everybody talks about for like the coin pusher sure. type of game. I, I really I, like the way it works in Voices in Our Head. I like this one better. Yeah. Because the problem with Kabuto Sumo is I played this with a I played it with a friend of mine who owned the game and was happy enough to show me. I beat him in two turns. Yeah. So no uh, game should last only two turns. turns. Yeah. Yeah, I don't disagree. Uh, that's one reason why Loop and Louie is banned. <laughs> You're still bitter about that. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> but right. I'm just saying. But, yeah, I, you see my point now when it comes to Lupin Louie, when it nope, comes to Kabuto Sumo. I still Sumo. don't see your point on that. Because Lupin Louie... No one should lose in two turns. But, yeah, no. Um, <laughs> I, I really do Thank love the coin pitcher mechanism yeah. in uh, uh, Voices in Our Head. Yeah. Especially because it turns into an area control based on the yeah. the part of the brain, in a sense. And, you know, these, I have another game. It's like Treasure Island or something. like Not, not Treasure Island, but there's some kind of treasure game mm -hmm. that I have that's also a coin pusher. Uh -huh. Like a small little box. I'll have to bring that by sometime. It's okay. a really interesting little idea. Because, like, there's little discs, plastic blue discs of different size. And there's treasures that float along it. And you're trying to push them off to gain the treasure. Okay. It's pretty fun. So, let's talk real quick. Uh, we're going to pause before we continue on. Uh, because we want to talk about this giveaway. We like to do giveaways from time to time, and we will ship it. Um, you know, we're we're aiming for continental U.S., but um, it, you know, if you're international, still enter. We'll figure it out. Mm -hmm. um, we'll we'll work some kind of deal out if we can. This is for a game called Marvel United, and still brand new sealed copy. Uh, the only thing we did to it is we put our sticker on it, yep. just so you guys can really enjoy uh, throwing <laughs> away our logo. And, um, or keep it, you know, yeah. that's fine too. Uh, that's what we would encourage, encourage, of course, because we spent a lot of money on these stickers. <laughs> like, almost ten of dollars. <laughs> and, um, <clears throat> not quite, it's about halfway there. 
but we spent a lot of money on these stickers, but we want to give you a free copy of that. So here's how you're going to enter. First off, you can enter by being subscribed to us on Twitch. If you join it on the chat, we'll tell you how to do it real easy. But join us on the episodes. It's awesome. Mm -hmm. If you subscribe to us on YouTube, that's another way you're going to enter. Anybody who's subscribed to both of those will automatically get a ticket for each of them. Also, find us on any podcast platform and subscribe to us there. If you're downloading our episodes, you're going to be entered. Simple as that. Mm -hmm. But the best way you can do it, by far, is we're going to give a hidden code every single episode. If you email us at everydayboardgames2020 at gmail.com with this code in the in body. The, in the body uh, in no, the, in the subject, in su no, in the subject contest, in the body, the yeah. code. In the body, the code. Then we'll know. You can do this for every single episode that we do this on. For the next four episodes, this one included. Uh, the next three after this, this one, one. But this one included. It, we're going to have a different code for each one. So, enter in. You have up to four times to enter in just by being listeners. And you have a chance to increase your odds for winning a free game. Daniel, what is that code for today? Today's code is TASKMASTER. TASKMASTER. So, please put your... E or some way to contact you uh, in the body of the email. in the email. You don't have to put your address yet. We'll figure that out. But some way to contact you in the email. And please, please, please enter Taskmaster. Mm -hmm. we'll, we'll say that at the end of the episode, too. Yep. All right. Let's talk about honorable mentions for action retrieval games. We, we already discussed what action retrieval games are mm -hmm. and what why they matter. Um, you know... There's not many games that fit this category, but the ones that do... Do it really well. They're really good games, and I'm very excited to, to talk about this. And these are going to be some very different ones than we're used to debating. But let's get into it. Uh, People Daniel, first. We're gonna, oh yeah, honorable mention. <laughs> I'm not used to this coin. I'm going to change to a different one anyway. <laughs> I don't care that I flip the heads. Alright, uh, Doug added in Spirit Island. I'm starting from the bottom up. Okay. Uh, that's probably going to be talked about later. Uh, it, it, this is an interesting one right here. Uh, Kit added Abyss. I don't remember Action Retrieval in Abyss at all. And it wasn't even on the list. Because, Let's think about that for a minute. I mean, you, you have a hand of cards, right? Yeah, but you don't retrieve them. You spin them, and then you only get to keep your lowest one of what you spent for points at the end of the game. Yeah. yeah not quite, but that's okay. Yeah, yeah that's fine. That's fine. Um... Bruno added Margraves of Valeria, which I can't detest to it because I have not played that one. I haven't played a Valeria game since, like, I think the first one. Yeah, probably. And then, finally, Chin added the Great Wall. And that mechanism does work in the Great Wall. Yes, it does. But yeah. we just both weren't a fan of Great Wall. I, I do want to play it again just to give it a better chance, but honestly, that first playthrough did, didn't enamor me. No. No, I don't need to play that ever again. Let's look at the comments, see if anybody wrote about why they added that in. Um, Ginger was questioning that. How is Abyss Action Retrieval? Mission Red Planet is their favorite. Um, I have played Mission Red Planet. It's not my honorable mentions, but it, it is neat. It's a nice little cool Cathala game, but I barely remember it. Our, our friend Game Ed Geek owns it. Yeah. Uh, Chris wasn't unfamiliar. Uh, he's never played any of the games, or does he recognize the mechanism? Appreciate the feedback, Chris. All right, so... Let's talk about our feed. Uh, were you able to get three extra yeah. games? Okay. Yeah. Oh, and you said Mission Red Planet is not one of yours. Nope. So I made a list of four, and I took one off. Okay. And I want to give it a quick shout-out. Um, 
No, I already forgot what it was, so I guess I won't. I'll look at my list later, but I did look at... Oh, um, it was Stop Thief, because and then yeah. I realized it was on our list. Yeah, it was on our list. So I have I have only played three other games that are on this category. Oh, man. Um, if I go look at the thing, I've played, like, most of this category. Yeah, you have um, played this more than I have, which is rare. Normally, I'm the one who has the abundance of extra games that I've played, like, weird... I went the entirety of the list, and I was like, I played three of these. Yeah, so, not like, I haven't played a lot, a lot of them, but, like, the top ones I have played. That's what, that's what shocked me. I was like, okay. So, yeah. let's see here. Oh, by the way, in case anybody's wondering why Gloomhaven, we're not talking about that. Oh, I'm talking about it. That's my oh, first no, honorable no. mention. All right, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> um, it's Gloomhaven, and it's the reason why is because the, the actual retrieval is really important in this game. I wanted to talk about it over Mission Red Planet because, one, well, I remember it more. Yeah. But two, it's just because of the simple fact that um, that's literally your actions. It's your fight, your movement, whatever you're doing throughout the game. And they slowly whittle down. That's also your life. If you run out of cards, you become exhausted. Yeah, because when you take that retrieval action, mm -hmm. you lose a card in the process, which yep. is scary. And if you do a short rest, you lose it randomly. If you do a long rest, you get to choose which card is uh, going out of there. So, I really do like this game. Uh, the reason I put it on here is because we can't really talk about Gloomhaven all that much in Top 8 Debates anymore. We're never debating it ever again because it's our first Ascended game. Yep. But, I kind of wanted to give mention to this because it, uh, action retrieval is very important yep. in this game. Absolutely. Very good. Uh, my first honorable mention is, quite simply, you already referenced it, Spirit Island. I've talked at Ozium about it mm -hmm. right now. I really do want you to play it. Um, I do own Horizons of Spirit Island. Yeah, I'm, you know, honestly, I might make you play that tomorrow. We'll see, but I have some I almost picked that. up this game at that yeah. store the other day. Uh, Spirit Island is a brilliant game. I mean, it's it's so smart. It's so fun how it works. And yes, <clears throat> one of the main actions, on, on your turn, you're going to take a number of actions, but one of them is normally playing a number of cards. So at the top of your board, you take um, a presence action, mm -hmm. which has each different character has a number of different ways which is normally spreading your influence around the or your presence around the island um reclaiming cards getting more money or doing all kinds of manipulations depending on your character and then you go into how much uh, uh the currency i forget what it's called the like the coins that you get to spend and how many cards you can play that turn mm -hmm. and then that's how you're going to be doing it but anytime you get new cards new powers you're going to be adding it to your hand, and one of those actions on the top is a reclaim action. So that's when you reclaim your cards back in your hands. That's when you reset to now suddenly start playing more and more. Mm -hmm. So, of course, you want to do that fairly rarely because it's not as powerful as the other actions. But you still, there will be times where you're like, all right, now I get this card. It will combo great with that. Let's reclaim this turn. And now, ba -ba 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 boom, break things. It's awesome. I really like it a lot. Um, it is definitely heady. It, Horizons of Spirit Island, I think, is a great way to get into the game, mm -hmm. um, just because of the price point alone. Yeah, it's not necessarily bucks. easier. Than In fact, the other I game. picked up my copy for fifteen because yeah. I'm clearing it out. Oh yeah, no, hundred percent. It's absolutely worth it. It's now it's not easier to learn how to play that. Like they have a tutorial thing that really doesn't help yeah. you learn it per se. But the rest of the game, once you do get it mm -hmm. and you understand it. 100% worth it. And it's your, son, it's your son's favorite game to play right now, huh? Um, it's either that or Radlands. Okay. Those are the two his two favorites of all time. Okay, so that's kind of cool. Yeah. All right, the next game I'm going to talk about here is Arcadia Quest. 
and it I had to actually pull it up because I'm trying to remember exactly how the action retrieval works in this one. It's you're basically a guild fighting off another guild, fighting off a big bad, and you're playing this over a campaign series. And so the way I remember it is that you have three members of your specific guild, and you're playing cards out for them to have their abilities, right? Mm -hmm. And so you're you can't you have to take those cards back if you want to use those abilities. So if you use this guy. He's probably not going to be going again for a while. Uh, but it's really neat. You're, you're basically trying to get different goals uh, to meet different scenarios, goals and sense. Uh, but you're fighting against other players. It's not a campaign game where you're working together like most of the Dungeon Crawl campaign games are. You're actually competing during the Dungeon Crawl. Your guild's fighting hit, uh, my guild. And then we're fighting also the big bad. And you're doing it over six scenarios, I think is what it is, for the full yep. campaign. It's really interesting. Uh, there's a lot for this game, and you can look for it. I really did enjoy playing it, but it just never got played all that much. So I ended up selling my copy of this game. Sure. All right. Next game I want to talk about was one uh, came out about five years ago. I was just checking on who the designer was, and that is da, 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 Rudiger Dorn. And I tend to really like Rudiger Dorn stuff. This is called Mercado, and this is from Thames and Cosmos, and the way it works is pretty simple. You have a series of different kinds of discs and currencies, mm -hmm. and it's kind of like bag building in a way. You have like four different kinds of currencies, and different tiles will need certain currencies in order for it to play. And so when you play the tile, or when you play the coins out, you're playing it to a certain side of the tile to show who which player played it. Mm -hmm. um, so that way you can mark. So it, it, otherwise it would get very confusing. It's like, who played this gold coin? Who played this black coin? Whatever, right? But you're trying to pay for these tiles, as for points and they also give you special abilities but at some point you're going to need to pull those coins back into your pool and then remix those and then send them out again because on your turn which game is this again mercado oh, okay yeah. Yeah, yeah because you're you're only pulling like two three or four coins a turn and you have to place them out in the best way possible so there's a lot of cool ways to do it i really like how it works i do really enjoy rudiger Dorn's general style this uh, is the, the one that has, like, the goblet on the cover, right? Yes. Okay, yes, I yes. yeah, I'm remembering it. Now. Yeah, yeah, it, I know. At first I was like, I, I want to double-check to make sure, because I got to mix up with a different one of his at first. But, yeah, being able to pull those coins back to you mm -hmm. and reuse those, that's where that action retrieval comes in. And it works really well. I liked it. Cool. The last one I picked for my honorable mentions is Honey Buzz. And, again, this is another one I had to pull up to remember how the, uh, the thing is, because it's been about two or three years since I last played this game. Uh, yeah, about three years because it came out in 2020 and I played it on a, around that time, either that or early 2021. And it does work action retrieval in a sense, but it's more along the lines that uh, it is a worker placement game more than anything. Mm -hmm. The action retrieval goes about the tiles that you use because you can only trigger them three times. They can be re-triggered based on how your, and I love how they reward it in here, your beeples work. Because it's bee meeples. <laughs> yeah. But it's a really, really neat worker placement game that has economic. It does have action retrieval to trigger certain things. Uh, you're trying to build your hive. You're trying to get yourself different types of nectar. There's different colored nectars and stuff like that. And then you're trying to sell at a proper time. It's it's fun. It's really, really fun. I'm waiting for my uh, copy with the newest expansion. Because I got the all in for that one. Because that's how much I really did like this one. From my understanding, you can actually find copies of this for cheap at Walmart right now. I think they're clearancing them out. So if okay. you're going to look for it and want to check them out, uh, Honey Buzz. Honey Buzz at Walmart? Yeah. 
I've been seeing posts about it. I don't know about our Walmart. Uh, I don't think I've ever seen that at our Walmart. Maybe online, maybe. I don't know. I don't know, but I've been seeing people talking about their clearings coming out, so. Well, let's just pause it up. Let's go check. <laughs> you have one right down the road. Let's just try uh, No. And the last one I want to talk about is uh, another spirit-based game, which you have not played. But this is a two-player-only game called Spirits of the Wild from Mattel. And this is a two-player head-to-head um, action selection game where you have six cards in front of you, mm-hmm. two of which have, like, you take a single token, some take, like, one token and refill the, the bowl with the token, one says use a special ability, and there's one of them that just lets you refresh your tokens and then take a spirit action, which is super cool, too. Okay. So the way this works is pretty simple. You're trying to get a certain number of tokens out on your spirits. You have five to choose from, and they score in different ways. You're trying to get sets. Like, some might have pairs of them some might have three of a kind some might have all different yep. whatever you have to do and so you have a bowl of these uh stones as they're called they're basically like uh, little circular tokens okay that when you flip over one of your actions you're either going to take some of them that are available from the bowl or you're going to refill the bowl and take it back one of the neat things about it is that your your one token action you have two of them where you just simply take a single token and put it on one of your spirits. Okay. But when you have played both of those, you get to move the fox token to one of your player's spirit boards, and they can no longer add tokens to that spirit board until they've moved it. Or it's been moved from that spot, so it's kind of like a little block. He's okay. kind of a pain. But there's also a couple of spirit actions that come out at the beginning of the game as well. And, and those are at random. And when you reset your actions, you get to take one of those two bonus actions as a little bonus for resetting your action selection. Okay. Which is a really neat idea. I haven't seen that in any others where it's like, okay, well, I'm doing all my normal actions, and then, finally, I flip over, all, I retrieve all my cards, but then I get one of these options okay. all of a sudden. That is variable per game. Yeah. That's super cool. And Mattel. Of all things. Yeah. Of all things. I mean, because there was a designer for a while... <coughs> who was designing a lot of games for Mattel. I think he was like a head guy. Um, I don't know much about him. I'll, I'll pull up his name here in a moment. But he made a number of games for Mattel that were aimed at the gamer market, and this was one of those. Okay. And it was really neat. And unfortunately got no press because it's Mattel. Yeah. And nobody knew what if it was. If it's not a version of Monopoly or Clue or anything right. like that, they're not going to Well, that's Hasbro. It. But, yeah. Same difference. I mean, they're not going to promote that either. Yeah. But <laughs> that's that's the thing. No, Spirits of the Wild. Sorry, I get Mattel and Hasbro all mixed up all and the time. And see, that's the problem. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I agree. This was also in 2018. Nick Hayes. Yeah, he, he was the one who uh, designed it. Okay. Along with a bunch of other pretty neat games as well. He did like Wizards Wanted, Escape Room in a Box, stuff like that. Okay. So, yeah, I can recommend that. If you find it at like, a thrift store or somewhere, definitely pick it up. It's absolutely a fun two-play game. Honestly, I thought you were going to put Raptor on your list. So I have not played Raptor in so long. Okay. I I it's very hard for me to remember how to play it. Okay. I thought about that. All right, you ready to get going? That's right. So we're gonna talk about the top eight debate for action retrieval games. We already included that at the top of the list, explaining how it works and what the mechanism is for. We're gonna talk about the top eight highest ranked games on Board Game Geek that Daniel and I have both played. So that way we can give them a sound argument. We have five different criteria that we're going to be ranking them on. That is ease of play, which includes simplicity, simplicity and familiarity of the mechanisms, the likelihood to get it to the table, whether it's theme or mechanism, 
and how easy it is to learn, understand, or to teach. As well as we do replay value, this is the length of time and scaling well. Minimum number of plays for the full experience, and expandability, this includes already existing expansions, up to one possible future expansions, or expansions that have been confirmed by the designer or publisher. Then we go by meaningful choice, impact on other players' strategies, depth of strategy, tactics, or skill, and do arbitrary choices or analysis paralysis have an impact on the gameplay itself? Uh, moving on to game immersion, is the game fun to lose? Do you have a good time playing this game, even if you're not winning? Uh, player interactions, the table talk, the role playing, getting into your characters, as well as those stand-up memorable moments. And finally, we have art and production. We're going to talk about the art itself, including on the cards, box, whatever, any components that are on it. The pieces and components, the quality of the everything inside of the box, mm -hmm. including the inserts and everything along top of itself. And game, graphic design, which is the functionality and use of the iconography, words, text boxes, overall layout, whatever we need to. Colorblind friendly. And if it's colorblind friendly, people... And if all else fails and we can't come to a consensus on a game, we put a poll on the Board Game Revolution on Facebook uh, group that you can vote on and that you become the tiebreaker. And it's because of the vote, whoever's the highest moves on. In this first round, we're going to have our number one seed, Concordia. Going to go up against our eight seed, Flotilla. Our number two seed, Onk. Versus our number seven seed, Stop Thief. Our number three seed, Century Golem Edition. Going up against our number six seed, Rome. And our number four seed, Lewis and Clark, The Expedition. Going up against our number five seed, Aquatica. And just to clarify, with the Century Golem Edition, we mentioned this before, If there's there's two games. There's Century Spice Road and Century Golem Edition. Whichever's highest rank is they're pretty much the same game. Yep, pretty much. All right. As always, I'm going to flip the coin of doom. That'll decide who debates first each round. And Daniel will pull one of one of the games from the cup of doom. And that'll decide which games they have to argue for. Daniel, are you ready, sir? I am ready. So just to remind you, this is Tails That Heads. Because <laughs> I haven't used this coin in a while. Oh, there you go. You're starting off first. All right. My first choice is Concordia. Ooh, okay. That, uh, yeah. No, this is... There's a reason why this one's number one. This is such a good game. And, and it took me forever to actually play this. You finally brought it over. And you made me use my pick for it. <laughs> yeah. That's the, no, that's the jerk move. Because it was not a jerk wanting, move. You have been wanting to play it so bad. And I was like, all right, like, are you going to pick it for one of your weeks? I'll bring it for you. And you're like, no, you're going to bring it for one of your weeks. You chose my pick for me. In my defense... It wasn't going out of your way to teach this game because it was part of your challenge that you needed to do is to play some of your old favorites. And Concordia was one of those games you picked, and you know it. You picked one of my picks. <laughs> but anyways, uh, this game I is just... phenomenal. Uh, I love the action retrieval in this one. It does play a big part. Um, it is also a little area control aspect in there because you have to... Uh, basically take control of areas where you can get bonuses of actions and stuff like that of what is it, like italy right rome something like Concordia that like, is italy yeah yeah it's the mostly italy you get a little bit of africa in there and moving over to the, yeah, the it's eastern mediterranean, side yeah it's yeah. the mediterranean area uh but i really liked everything that it did in it uh the art is fine it's nothing spectacular but it's functional it's functional uh it's 
Uh, there is a bit of a knock. And it goes into the graphic design. It is, it's not perfect, and it's not the best colorblind friendly, but it's not one of the worst we've ever had to deal with. No. There, There is some issues, like some of the areas kind of are close to the same color. Luckily enough, they're kind of separate too. So like yep. the purple areas over here. And they here, were labeled well enough. Yeah, and really like, well. Okay. So okay. there, that is a little bit of a knock, but this game just, there is a reason why it's so highly rated, especially with the action selection. In fact... Every time you brought this game up, it's because we were playing an action selection game, or actually a retrieval game, and you're like, if you really like this mechanism, you should play Concordia. It does this really well. And yeah, it does. It really I, does. I, it really does. Yep. It's, it's so much fun. I love playing it. Which It was just the three of us, uh, you, me, and our friend Dom, and we were giggling the whole time. Yep. <laughs> like, no, Dom, don't come over here. Don't take... I need that. Ah. One thing that it does so well, though, is that it does it takes mechanisms that are familiar, but it adds a little twist to it to make it unique. Yeah. And every single mechanism has something unique about it. Yeah, I agree, I agree wholeheartedly. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I don't really have a... Again, it's the easier one to teach than Flotilla, because I remember like us going to that slog for Flotilla. Or Flotilla. Mm -hmm. uh, for me, it was more immersive playing the, the, between the two games. Okay. Uh, so I honestly think uh, the only one I can see Flotilla winning is art and production. Well, which it does. I yeah. mean, it, it is a better art production, although it's not as colorblind friendly. No, it is not. It is not. Um, so Flotilla, you're going to be building. You're building effectively the same floating city area. Mm -hmm. um, one of the things, one of the big mechanisms between it is that at one point you're going to flip from uh, sea side to sky side or something like that. Yeah, sea side to sky side, something like that. Um, and that effectively morphs all of your cards. There's two distinct phases. Mm -hmm. But you could legitimately stay in the first phase and never have to jump over to the second one Yeah, and still have a fighting chance. It's just whenever you want to adapt to that at that point. I will say this, um, it is really well balanced. Yeah, that that is really neat how that works. Um, now, obviously, I really do um, remember how the action retrieval mechanism does it, but I'm a bit parched. Would you mind explaining it for me? So, <laughs> the action retrieval part of it is, it's like most games. You play your cards out, you get your resources, but the, the cards themselves are very distinct. <laughs> when you're playing it on the sink side, they allow you to move your boats out, uh, and then you can you know explore a little bit more, get more resources that way. When you go into the sky side, I think it's what it's called, or the day side, uh, on the other side, they become your best chance of actually gaining resources because you're no longer out there collecting and bring them into your port. This one is you're basically <coughs> having to use these guys to and gals to bring you those resources in for you can build more or fix something that needs to get fixed in the, the little city that you're building. Um, and get your points basically because that's what you're all about doing is trying to be the most efficient merchant i guess you could say uh building it yeah thank you i appreciate that um because clearly i remember it <laughs> now now one of the things i do remember about our playthrough of it and that did the description did remind me of it is that one, one thing that i really did enjoy about it is there's a lot of good tension of when you think that's the best best time because once you flip you you're done yeah you can't flip it back so you flip it once and that's it and one of the things that I did, I remember us three were kind of going through the normal slog of like, well, I want to use this, I'm going to get this thing, I want to do this, I want to move it here. And I was just kind of like, you know what, I'm tired of doing this, I'm flipping, I'm just going to see what happens. Mm -hmm. And I was the one who immediately, like, I did it far sooner than most people thought. Yep. Like, you and Dom were like, okay, well, let's let's see if we can wait it out. And you started seeing what I was doing at that point, point. you were yep. like, 
Oh, we waited too long. No, no, it wasn't wasn't me and Dom. Um, it was Dom and Game Head Geek. Yes. Oh, yeah. But because they were the ones struggling with you, I was keeping up on the 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 seaside. That's true. But they they got very nervous really fast. <laughs> and, and now, granted, I want to say that that was a conscious choice. I was tired of playing that side, and I was like, I'm just gonna see what happens, and I don't know if there's a good timing or not. And I winged it, and it worked really well for me. I think I was second place in the game. I'm actually looking that up right now. Yeah, I can't remember. I was something like that. I don't. I definitely wasn't in the bottom. I don't think. But I remember I definitely ran the gambit on that one, and I pushed everybody towards progressing the game along. Yeah. So we played this March 29th. The winner was actually you won it. Yep. See, you had 175 points, and I was a lowly 127. Oh, wow. So but, a 50-point difference. But what was interesting about it is I was actually in second place, but because I kept pushing the, the ship side, because I was going to see how long I can last. Sure. Because I was actually accruing points really well. Right. But, like, that last bit when I, I waited too long to flip the day side. I, I think that was the problem. I was the last one to flip the day side. Yeah, I agree. Now, but with that being said, though, what you said about Concordia, I wholeheartedly agree with. I played Concordia a handful of times. I have no interest in playing Flotilla again. Same. Um, and it's not just about... We try to take our bias out of mm-hmm. it, but what you said, there's already more expansions for Concordia. for Concordia. There is more replay value. It does play quicker. It can play up to like six players on a single board, like by normal. Uh, the only the replay one... value is better. There's more variability. Mm-hmm. There's better choices. It's so Like unique. I said, the, the only other... Uh, yeah. Art and production went, go, goes to Flotilla. Sure. Uh, game immersion yeah. goes to Concordia. The only one I see that Flotilla can possibly fight Concordia for is the meaningful choice because there's a lot of good choices. But even then, I think there's just I more really, better choices in Concordia. I think there's significantly better choices in Concordia. Just because they're more complicated in Flotilla doesn't mean that that is justifying that the means. But there, you see, this is the way I agree with you in a sense, but not because of the fact that there's just more choices. I think the problem with Flotilla is that last one right there, analysis paralysis. Yes. This game can lend to a much more yep. difficult analysis paralysis for some people. Because yep. I, even I was getting a little bit of it, and I don't have that much in analysis paralysis. Concordia, it's it's very simple. It's like you play this card or this card. Yeah. <laughs> And it's very self-explanatory. Yep, 100%. I agree. So that means Concordia moves on. All right, I agree with that one. All right, our next round will be Ankh, our second place seed versus our number seven seed, Stop Thief. You're going to be mixing those up. Let's see who begins this round. I'll be starting this argument. All right, and you get Ankh. All right, Ankh. So... Ankh is the highest rated of, or the high, second highest rated of all of these, and there is a reason for that. The action selection in Ankh is incredibly strategic, and as the Board Game Geek uh, example described it, there is no random in this game. The, you have to choose two actions, and you're going to be taking them from the top down. The sooner you put your piece out on an action, mm-hmm. the better that action is potentially going to be. It's kind of an area control game where you're trying to loop that but you're doing that specifically with those actions and the sooner the person or as soon as somebody puts their token on that piece the quicker they're going to be earlier in the turn order because it's going to go left and right for that mm-hmm. now i'm not a fan of area control but i did enjoy my time with this out of all three of the games that this is part of the series for there's onk blood rage and uh rising sun rising sun yes i wanted to say sukiyumi and i knew that wasn't it rising sun 
out of all three of these, this is probably my favorite, actually. Which I understand is most people's least favorite. But I prefer that over this one. Um, I did like everything that I was doing. The components are good. Uh, there is one problem with the components in that the board is kind of small for how big the pieces are. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, it is Seabon. I mean, the, the same so... thing it could be said about uh, Cthulhu Death May Die. Sure. Like, you have, like, that modular board, yeah. but some of these pieces are just massive. Yeah, and but I think that leads to the theme. Really. Yeah, it, it really, really does. Like, when you have a piece that you can barely fit on the tile, like, that's hilarious. And that is not by accident. So, I mean, Og has a lot of cool things going for it. The only problem that I have with it is just being in this category. Is that the action retrieval, I don't totally remember. I don't remember how it that all works. that well, yeah. Now, if you're in the chat and I'm just talking out of my rear and you, it's like, shame on you, Danny, for not remembering it, that's fine. Mind you, we, we played one it, incomplete game of it. One incomplete game. But we, that's also the thing, though, is that if it wasn't that memorable, in every other game on this list, it I, is incredibly memorable. And the, the thing about it, too, is, like, that wasn't, like, the big part of Ankh, either. Um, because it's all no. about the dudes on the map and getting yeah. the, the, the uh, whatchamacallit, the gods on your side. And this is actually called God, Ankh, Gods of Egypt, I think. And that's, uh -huh. the, the main thing is that you're using the gods to help you. But it was a dudes on the map, just like uh, Rising Sun, just like Blood Rage yeah. can, is. Blood Rage is the one that's the least dudes on the map because it is more of a drafting game. Drafting, yeah. Sure. But, yeah, I, I don't remember the action retrieval all that much on Long. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And again, like I said, this is probably my most favorite out of the three, but I don't strive to play any of the three more, anymore. And I swear that unfortunately goes with it. So that's my argument. Although, as far as components go, I think this beats it. But knowing how the app works really well in Stop Thief, mm -hmm. go ahead and make your argument. Stop Thief, uh, I, I remember, well, we were talking about it, I'm like, I barely remembered it, and then I started reading it, and you explained it to me too, I was like, okay, yeah, now it makes sense, mm -hmm. because it's your movement cards, uh, you're placing your movements out there, and the thing with Stop Thief, it's, it's not co-op, right, one person's playing the thief, the other one's playing the cops? You can play co-op, sure, it's variable. Yeah, I think we did play co-op. That's what the thing is. Like we were working together mm -hmm. to catch the thief as a two-player game. Yeah, the versus mode. You're, it's not one person isn't moving secretly. It's um, it's still controlled by the app, mm -hmm. but it's whoever finds them first gets the most points. Points, yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, you're using your cards as movement. You're trying to go through windows if possible. Uh, or and, more reward money. Sorry, yeah. Not points. It is. It's really, really intriguing. I, I, I really did like this game. I, I still need to buy myself a copy. I just have never done it. You traded your copy to our mutual friend or one of your extra copies, right? Nope, that was my only copy. Oh, okay. He he's a big fan of, of restoration. Uh, restoration games. I thought restoration it was fine. did really well. Uh, they they've done a really good job with a lot of their games. Mm -hmm. The only one I didn't really care much for is uh, Fireball Island. Yeah, and even I still like that one. That was fun. So, Stop Thief is easier to play than Ankh. I yeah. remember when we were learning Ankh, we, both of us were just like, okay, and we do what now? Yeah. Uh, Ankh is probably the hardest one of the three that you mentioned to learn because the other ones are relatively simple until like Rising Sun when you get into the actual like, the war thing and you're doing the little bidding, the blind yeah. bidding. Uh, 
what is it, the uh, right, or Blood Rage, that's simple. It's just a drafting game, right. and then you're just putting stuff on the map, and then you do like a little war, whoever has the most power. That's really simple. Ankh was the most difficult of the three, I think. Yeah. Uh, replay value, ooh, this one I think goes to Ankh just because it of the does. fact it has, it came with like three or four expansions. Yeah. Uh, but I think uh, Stop Thief will win length of time and scaling well. <laughs> yes, it does. Yeah. No, I think honestly, uh, Stop Thief should be the one to move on flat out just mm-hmm. because uh, I the action retrieval. Well, not just that. Like the action oh, no, no, retrieval mechanism. The action, yeah. yeah, it's so, so not a thing in, in Onk. Yeah. And we've made that decision before. before it's yeah. our debate. We can do whatever we want. And it's not I like we dislike Ankh. Uh, it's my least favorite of the three, but yeah. I still really enjoy it. I wouldn't mind playing it again. Yeah, I'm I'm not pushing because I like it more. In fact, that's my second least favorite on this entire list. Yep, second least favorite. Okay, I know what your least favorite is then. Yep, second least favorite. All right, but so we're in agreement. Stop yeah. Thief is moving on? Stop Thief is moving on. Ooh. That's where Stop Thief stops. Stops. Alright, so the next one we have here is Century Golem versus uh, Rome. Rome. Alright, and this is Rome, R-O-A-M, uh, not Rome the city, city, but Rome from Red Raven Games. Here we go. You'll be starting us off. Alright, uh, I get Century Golem Edition. Come on! <laughs> Give me games that like. Uh, Alright, no, that's fine. The, the thing about with uh, Century Golem Edition, this is the first game I think of, really, when it comes to the action retrieval. Uh, for you, Spice Road. For me, it's Golem Edition. Yeah. It's just easier for me to see the, the jewels better than the, the cubes. Sure. And the thing, my problem with the Century Spice Road is the way they have to upgrade. Mm-hmm. Two of the cubes are too close to each other on that part. Yeah. But the Golem Edition... I know you have difficulty with them, but at least yep. the, the upgrades are separate in a sense. Uh, like the, the harder two colors are, like, it goes the yellow and then that one and then the blue and then the, the purplish one is the highest one. But for me, it's a lot easier to see. It's going to get knocked no matter what. But this is probably the simplest, simplest of all the games on this list. Because all you're doing is you're playing out a card. I know, Stop Thief is pretty simple. It's simple, yeah. yeah. But this one is you're playing out a card, and you're gathering the resources, or you're collecting all your cards. And I just want to say, Mar- uh, <laughs> Illuminous shout out, Maritash Mar- for, for the win, win yeah. for Stop Thief, that's right. But yeah, it's, uh, it's, just, it's so simple what it's doing, and you're basically trying to collect cards to give you better combos, to get you to upgrade or degrade, this way you get enough resources to pay for your point cards and you get bonus points uh if you buy a certain card it's very simple this game can be played out of four i played this at a five player and it was like 45 minutes and that's with three new players yeah it's a very simple game this is the easiest game on this list other than stop thief but if it goes up against any other game on this list it's going to go in easy play no matter what unless it's like stop thief well yep Rome is not exactly <laughs> hard it so is not Rome, uh, the board is made up of a number of different cards. The cards have some grids on it, and that's the area that you're roaming. The idea of what you're trying to do is you're trying to take cards and play them to have certain patterns on it. You match that pattern exactly when you're playing your tokens out on the area, and you're kind of fighting for the area control of the different areas. That, uh, that sounds similar to Ankh, but it is a very different game. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually like it's more of a puzzle game. It really and, is. 
and you have to be able to put tiles uh, you have to be able to put all of them and it must match the orientation of the card you're playing too, mm -hmm. which matters because um, which I really like that part of it is because you can't have a tile just fall off the side of the board sorry you can't do that you have to use all of them so of course if you want to play three at the same time that would be awesome but that might be really difficult depending on what what spots are left once a certain card is is um, is uh, filled up to a certain point then it is scored by whoever has the most um, points are distributed that way whoever has the most points at the end of the game wins this is one of my favorite Red Raven games by far it's a really I, good one I, I, and I don't mind his bigger stuff but I like it when he does simple small things and I think Ryan Lockett can do simpler smaller games in a really effective really smart way and I think this is a great example of it Rome was one of those few that after playing I considered buying just because I was like I really like what it's doing it's simple it's effective um, it's not quite as simple as Century, but <laughs> it's still a fun little puzzle, and I like that, that choice of it. With that being said, um, as far as replay value, um, with how Century Spice Road works... Um, Especially with the, the, the standalone expansions right. that can be made into one big game. Yeah, exactly. How, how that all works together, meaningful choice... Uh, replay that all of that I think it 100% all goes to Century and the thing is like uh, Rome as beautiful as it is it would it, uh, Century Golem Edition Spice Road they would fight for art and production yes too. yeah they they really put up a good fight for it and, and the extra components the gold coins the containers like the bowls and the gold in the Century Spice Road version there's just no comparison yep. so we apologize to Red Raven um, we gotta send on Century, Spice, Yeah, Road, I don't disagree. Gold. So here's a fun one. The next uh, one we're going to talk about is two really good games when it comes to this action retrieval. Yes, we this, love... This is a hard one. We both enjoy both of these games. Lewis and Clark versus Aquatica. This is the this is the hardest argument yeah. for either. I'm yeah. fine with either of them. We're going to probably on, break yeah. it on, but let's see here. Uh, you'll be starting us off, Daniel. I get Lewis and Clark, the uh, the expedition. Okay, I'm okay arguing for Aquatica. Yeah, Aquatica is really cool. I actually just recently played it again, too. But Lewis Good. and Clark, uh, when we're talking about like stand-up moments, there's a, a term, a meme, that we have in our game group now because of uh, Lewis and Clark. And yep. it's called uh, going to New Orleans, going to Mardi Gras, whatever, yep. however you want to do it. It's the New Orleans effect. Because what happened when we played it, and it was on uh, Board Game Arena, if I remember correctly, yeah. we were showing our mutual friend Dom the game, because both of us have played it at a two-player. Really, really enjoyed it. A lot it. of these games involve Dom, I've noticed. <laughs> yeah. Almost every single one. But oh. we really, really did enjoy playing it at two players. We were like, hey, you really need to check this one out. And so the way that works, you're playing out your cards, and you're trying to move your boat, you're trying to get resources, you're trying to do a little worker placement over in the Native American village, they call it the Indian village in the game, so FYI. Um, if you have an issue with that term, uh, but you, which by the way they do explain the why, context yeah. of why they're doing it, and it's not in a disrespectful. No, context. no, it's not. It's just a historical reason. And the thing, a yeah. lot of Native American groups, some of them um, are fine with Indian, yeah. uh, others are not. Yeah. So it just depends on who you talk to. Uh, but the big yeah. thing about this one is you got the little worker placement thing, but you're playing your cards out to move your boat. That's the main thing. And the action retrieval is basically you're going into sunset, so you want to make sure you set your camp a certain point, or you have to go back to where your last camp is. So you have to play out your cards smartly, or smart, 
Uh, you have to play your workers, gather your resources, pay for everything that you've done so far, and put your camp at a certain good, uh, a certain spot. This way you don't go too far back. Mm-hmm. Our friend went all the way back to basically New Orleans because he wanted to go see Mardi Gras That's or something like that. As far negative points as you can <laughs> go. go. And still beat us because he just set himself up getting all his resources. And it basically, like, uh, this is Lewis and Clark, so it's rowboats. No, he got a motorboat and just flew yeah. across the thing. All of a sudden, we're sitting in the mountains making our little slow trek across. Yeah. And he's, like, caught up to us. And we're like, dude, how did you get here? Yeah. You're, like, so far back. We were like, using <laughs> pack mules. He was riding bison. Like, it was the it weirdest was, thing. It was insane. Uh, but it is such a good game uh when it comes to the action retrieval part of it it's there and again it's you have to do it smart by playing a certain way aquatica's the action retrieval is that is the entire game mm, well not so much uh, yeah that that's a big factor like on concordia as yeah. well but what sets this apart from concordia and i think that aquatica has a legitimate chance against concordia oh it does uh, and that's because the comboing that you can pull off Playing smartly not only means you're playing your actions well, but that means getting additional actions that work really well, but also getting the right areas to either settle or uh, battle against. I forget the terms that they used, but sliding those in and comboing your resources together Mm -hmm. at the same time. Yeah. When you are able to play a single card and that is your whole action, but then you're able to utilize six other cards in different mechanisms... It, it works really well how really well does. I can do. Yeah. And it is, it's one of those games that once you get the hang of it, I remember my first game of playing it, I, I, I didn't quite understand it. The second time I played it, I felt incredibly clever. And you can utilize that game mm-hmm. to really compliment somebody and go, look, once you figure out what you're doing and how it works... You're going to feel really smart, and this is going to be a really satisfying experience. Yep, exactly. Now, Lewis and Clark, we both really liked it. Um, Illumina says that they don't think it aged that well. I get it. Um, I understand that, especially, you know, with the with the historical premise that they were going with, mm-hmm. um, using the term Indians. Uh, I get that. But at the same time, these are going to be two very difficult ones to do, but I think Aquatica pushes it over the edge just enough. Yeah, I, do I don't disagree with you. I wanted to do a breakdown because this is... 100%. Uh, these these are really good. Ease of play, for me, is Aquatica. Yes, I agree. Uh, replay value... Uh, uh, that would be Aquatica as well. Yeah, because it does have that one expansion. It has two expansions. Um, one of which jumps at the 5-6. One adds even oh, more yeah, things yeah. to it. Yeah. But here's the thing. And it's super uh, variable. It has tokens so you can change objectives. Okay, yeah. Plus... It scales really well. That's yeah. the big problem. That's with, a big thing, yeah. With Lewis and Clark, it is a big, heavy game. I don't want to play four every players. player. No, I'm I would not. I'm fine with no. three. No, when it says it's two to four, and we're like, never four, <laughs> that's <laughs> not scaling well. Uh, I think there's a lot more meaningful choice, even though the comboing is really good. I think there's a lot more meaningful choice in uh, Lewis, Lewis and Clark, Clark. I agree with that. Because you have to play your cards smart, or else you're going to go all the way back to New Orleans. Yes. Uh, you have to gather your resources properly. You know, make sure you take the right uh, worker placement spot yes. before you play a card. So, yeah, that's just for me. Lewis and Clark gets that. Now, game immersion is... Well, I'm going to say art and production. I think that goes to Aquatica. Aquatica. Yes, yeah. okay. Um, and But, by the way, the Vincent trade art and Lewis and Clark... Gorgeous. The board is awesome. All of the components are really good. I like the pieces. The graphic solid. design is decent. Um I just, I'm a sucker for nautical. <laughs> like, yeah, well, I really am. And not just that, because you also got to think about the fact of uh, not just because, like, 
Lewis and Clark is basically the basic board game-esque. You're playing cards out, and you're just going up on a little trail, in a sense. You have your worker placement spot, and you got your trail. Aquatica has the recess boards for you to play your cards. Yep, the slide. The yep. slide cards. The the little manta ray tokens yes. that give you special abilities yep. and stuff like that. So, yeah, it just... it knocks it out of the park for a game that's not super expensive either. Right, exactly. Now, uh, uh, real quick, Illuminous, what, which one was your gateway game? Was it Aquatica or Lewis and Clark? Lewis yes. and Clark, I'm thinking. Yeah. All right, and that, but finally, game immersion. This is where it gets tricky. Now, we just talked about a super memorable moment with well, Lewis and Clark. It doesn't, it, even Lewis Clark but, wins this. It doesn't matter. Aquatica won three. Right, but I'm still saying I don't... I think we were in one of those like situations that happened to be a really memorable moment, moment, but every game of Aquatica ends up with somebody doing, I'll do this, which does this, which does that, which can I do that, and do this, and then that, boom, man, my turn was awesome. Yeah, the for the memorable moments, it's for me, it's just that memorable moment yeah. from there. There's a lot more stuff like in Aquatica yeah. and stuff like that. The Although, thing about the player interaction, I, I like more of those in Clark. Yes, I agree. Uh, but... Out of the two, Aquatica is more fun to lose. It is. Hands down. Even with that memorable moment, we, we weren't happy about losing, but that, <laughs> day, that became now, a meme it with It made us that. laugh. I mean, it I did. wasn't happy about losing, but the fact that he went all the way to New Orleans and came back and won, yes. that just makes me giggle still. Yeah, it's still, yeah, it's funny. Genuinely funny. So that means Aquatica moves on. All right, so let me just check something here. There we go. Sorry, moment of silence. We apologize, people. Yep. I'm just uh, checking it out. So Flotilla was our first elimination and only had 1% of the vote. Oof. Uh, the next one was Ankh. It actually had 6% of the vote. And finally, the... Uh, sorry, Rome was next, and Lewis and Clark were both eliminated. Both only had 1% of the vote as well. All right. Wow, people just ain't showing love to those. Nope. That's surprising. All right. On to our semifinals. We have Concordia versus Stop Thief. Are you ready, Danny? I am ready. All right. Ow. That's you, right? That is me. I'll be arguing one of these. Concordia. Concordia, yes, everything you said. <laughs> I mean, like, it, I'm going to break it down to more detail why I really appreciate this. Everything is card-driven, um, where you're playing those cards to do different actions. You're getting more cards to do better actions, but those cards can give you the more cards to get better actions mm -hmm. until eventually the point where when you reset, that's when you can eventually buy uh, more people or ships to move on the land or the water. Now, what makes this so intriguing? The movement alone. You're moving your pieces in between locations, and it counts for either of the two, which when you do that, you can build in the areas depending on what types of resources they need. When you're gathering resources, you're, you're flipping over a tile, and then everyone in that area gets resources based on if they've already settled in that area. Or, instead of getting resources, you flip all those tiles back over their resource size and gets coins instead, mm -hmm. which is already really cool. Or you're trying to manipulate which uh, or which areas you have majority in by gaining control of these areas. Because all of these cards that, by the way, give you actions during the game will also be your main point of scoring at the end of the game. So the more cards you have, the more scoring opportunities you have, the more variety you can do. Oh my gosh. 
this is action retrieval the game this defines this category that we're talking about yeah it does with the exception of maybe century <laughs> yeah but really i like the actions on here i remember when when i set up the board you guys gave a collective okay this will be complicated and then i explained it you're like wait that's it yeah <laughs> like it's been five minutes like we're ready to play I'm like yeah to the point where um I have this game in uh, Quacks of Quillenburg sitting in my cart right now. Yes. Uh, Good choice. The one I'm getting, uh, Concordia, comes with the Venus expansion. That's cool. So I was yeah. like, I figured out, I'm going to pick it up because I, I really did like it. I almost picked it up, like I said, mm -hmm. at that board game shop I visited, but they only had the Venus expansion. I was looking for sure. the one that came with both or just Concordia by itself. Concordia, it just yeah. had the expansions. Because it's know, Venus and there's another expansion, right? The, yeah, uh, Solitaria, yeah. too. But I think there's another one. Um, the, the the Grapes expansion, I don't know. Um, the, the, this game, it, it doesn't work the same way, but you know what this game honestly reminds me of in same of flavor? Hmm. Turn in Taxis. I get that. I, yeah. I see what you're talking there's about. There's something just like, it's very different. And it I looks very difficult, but very simple. Yeah. I haven't seen games that do the same thing yeah. that well. This this simplistically, but feels really smart. All right, it's super smart game. So um, I have to argue for Stop Thief, and it's hard. Stop Thief is a really good game. Yeah. It's a it's a fun little kind of deduction game because you're basically trying to find the or you're are you the thief? Hmm. No, you're trying to find the thief, and you're hearing like broken glasses in the app. So it's like okay, he went out of the window. So you're trying to find where he went. Yeah. Uh, you're trying to like push him into a certain area the using your cards for movement to find the proper space you're going into you don't want to break any glass you don't want to set off alarms i i love everything about this game i love that deduction aspect of it i have a great time with this game playing it but concordia just hits on a totally different level i think yeah. the only really big ones that uh stop thief will win in our categories ease is play. ease of play and art production because yep. the 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 app integration is really well done yep. by Restoration Game. Yep. But I agree. Everything else goes to Concordia. Concordia. All right, so Concordia moves on. As if there was any doubt. Yeah. All right. The next one is going to be Century Golem Edition versus Aquatica. <laughs> oh, this it's debate just, hurts. Oh, right. my God. All right, we can do this. We got this. All right. All right, you got those games ready? Yep, they're right in the cup. You'll be selling your sauce. Alright, so the first game, or the game I have to argue, is Century Golem Edition. Okay. So, for me, this is a tough one. The, I, again, it was, I thought Lewis and Clark in Aquatica was tough. This is even tougher. Yes. Because both really do this mechanism justice. And uh, I say that because Century is basically this mechanism there's really not a lot of fluff it's using this mechanism to get your points or to convert your resources to pay for your points right aquatica you're using these actions to set up other really good actions right. basically i gotta do this and it's like this i can do this and then i get that and this becomes this and i can buy this thing by doing that i can now slide this thing which means i can book these and there's my points i have those in my treasure chest now uh, it does really good, good stuff, both of them do. But I think 
pure and simple, Sentry is one of the best, if not the best, action retrieval game based just on that mechanism. Because it's very simple. And when we go to Ease of Play, this is one of the simplest games to teach. Yep. By far. Um, this game is beautiful, especially since we're arguing the Golem Edition. The artwork on this one is just gorgeous. A lot of colors, pops really well. My only issue with it is when it comes down to the game immersion aspect of this game. Because it's basically, I'm doing this, I bought this card, that's my turn. Alright, I'm doing this, bought my card, that's my turn. Okay, now I'm using these resources to buy this card. It's mostly solitaire. You're not really having any interaction with the other people at the table unless you take something that they were building up for. Right. Whereas in Aquatica, everybody's like, dude, when is the end of your turn? Because you're doing this and this and this and this. Right. But, oh man, this is really, really difficult. I think this is going to be another one we're just going to have to break down. I agree. Um, I will argue, argue for Aquatica. Again, this does a very similar ideas. Um, but where a Century is more like something like Splendor, this is more like, you know, standard, like, engine building games because mm -hmm. this really is an engine building game more than it is a an action selection game yeah um just because of that weird combos now it can be a little bit more confusing and a little headier when you're first learning it mm -hmm. but the choices that you have later on can be very impactful yeah and just because now the only detriment i think century has is that a lot of those cards are like, they're not incredibly exciting, because mm -hmm. most of them are just conversions. It's like, oh, I can get this one piece, and it would upgrade to something that's technically one point more valuable. Yeah. By playing that card. And trying to find the best combinations to do that when is is really, like, I feel like somebody, if they really understood the math behind it, could actually break down the numbers and find out optimally and, like, like, look at a conversion card and go, okay, well, that's a two-point bonus. Like, mm -hmm. that, that's obviously the best one I should do ever. Yeah. Um, you know, and I feel like I think that would take fun away from it. I haven't met that situation. And, uh... Uh, Citri, uh, Golem Edition. Or, and, no, uh, Aquatica is what you're talking about. You're welcome, Zach's World. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, uh, we're talking Century Spice Road for the version I'm talking about. The Century, oh. both games are the same. But I feel like both of the, that, um, uh, Aquatica, though, it... It gives you that same opportunity, but allowing you to expand on it. Mm -hmm. um, yes, you can get cards that combo really well in Century, but you don't ever feel like you're building an engine, which definitely in, in Aquatica you do. So I agree. Let's break this down because this is going to have, we're going to have to go to our criteria on this one. This is just too difficult. Ease of play, uh, Century. Century. Agreed. Uh, replay value. This is a little tricky because both have expansions but yes. uh, they both scale well they both scale well century spice road plays five aquatica can play five or six with the expansion. expansion yep i believe it's four base if i'm not mistaken yeah uh minimum number of plays for full experience <sighs> Ooh. i think honestly it's aquatica just yes. because the different uh terrains cards yes. that you're basically and you also start off with a special character and, that, and you, then, that yeah, makes you i was gonna go there early. too yeah and the modular uh, yeah. uh, victory points. And not, not just that, also the modular, um, the, the manta rays. You can get bonus manta rays right. that give you bonus abilities. Yep. Uh, when you have one of the expansions, it gives you a whole new slew of cards that you can add into the deck. So yeah, right. I just think a replay value goes to Aquatica there. 
Okay. Sounds good. Uh, meaningful One choice point. we'll come back to because okay. they both have really good choices. Game immersion. Uh, they're both really fantastic, mm-hmm. but that comboing leads to the memorable moments. Uh, neither of them have a theme that is at all thematic, <laughs> so yeah. pl- people aren't going to be playing, like, talking like they're underwater. Yeah. It's like, yar, give me your spice. Like, I don't know. Like, like there's yeah. no theme in that, in either of the games, so it doesn't matter. Um, but fun to lose, you feel clever, like I said earlier. Mm-hmm. Aquatica makes you feel like you pull off some really smart things. Not saying Century doesn't, yeah. but I feel like when you pull off one of those really long-term combos in Aquatica, that's your memorable moment that Century cannot do. Yep. Uh, Alright, so that was Game Immersion. Art and Production. I think that goes to Century. And now hear me out on this. Because, and I'm talking Spice Road specifically, I know you don't like the cues because they're not colored by friendly, but the bowls, the metal coins, those are all very satisfying. They're very tactile. It feels good. Um, it, like, the cards are good size, they're good tarot size, the art on them are very beautiful. Um, now, Aquatica, also really beautiful. Yep. The double-layered boards are really good, but I think just those extra little add-ons for design, like, the board is very sparse in Aquatica, like, the main The main board, board. and I, I agree with you on that, too, and I'm also thinking about, like, the Manta Rays are nice, but they, they're really not... Other than you just flip them over. Yeah. I feel or like you use worth... them to put up a first scoring at the top. Yes. And I, none of the icons are difficult in either game. No. So I'm willing to call this one a push. Okay, we can call that a push. All right. So back to meaningful choice. So yep. hold on. Illumina said exactly. Century is easy, though. Same as Splendor. Yep. So right now we have a 2 to 1. Okay. Uh, so meaningful choice. We'll put it into Tiebreaker if uh, Century wins this one. Okay. Right. So, impacting another player's strategy. There's no impact on another player's strategy in Century Spice Road. There is a little, a little bit, bit of player interaction mm-hmm. in Aquatica. Yes. So that is going to go into Aquatica. Uh, depth of strategy, tactics, or skills. Uh, both are really big on that. Because yes. you have to play your cards smart. If there's like something I really need to do, but that card's over there, down right. on the table... Okay, then does that mean I have to take my my turn picking up my cards where I could do that action? I feel like that goes to Century. And uh, and because even though um, there's more engine building and more fun stuff mm-hmm. happening in Aquatica, I feel like, like I was saying earlier, the law of the numbers, if you can work out exactly the right numerals at the right time and know you're going to play this card, which does this, which does that, which gets me this, and nobody else can do it before... I feel like that depth of strategy is really deep in Century. No, I don't disagree with you here. And I think Century is going to win this category just for the simple fact the next one, the arbitrary choices or the analysis paralysis making an impact on the game. Yeah. Uh, Aquatica is prone to analysis paralysis when yes. someone's trying to make the best combo. And, and not only that, there's no bad turns. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't just play something and go, eh. That was bad. No, you'll you'll always get something pretty good, Mm -hmm. and when everything's good, nothing special. Alright, so that That means means it is tiebreaker time, and so Century Golem Edition is moving on. Alright, Century moves on. I'm actually kind of surprised I really thought Aquatica was going to move on. Yeah. But that's alright. That's why we take our bias out of it. Versus Concordia will be the finals. Daniel, tell us. What percentage of the votes did our viewers give on those? Okay, just give me one sec. Take your time. So Aquatica only got 1% of the vote. All right. 
Man, a lot of things only got a percentage, huh? People are hating on these. And Stop and Thief? Stop Thief also only got 1% of the vote. So let's see here. So basically there's only like three games that were voted two, on out three, of our top eight. Five. Five of the games that we put out there, of the, the eight, only had 1% of the vote. How the, many votes the, were there? Uh, last I checked, 60. Okay. 61. 61 votes. 1% is... Um, <laughs> one vote <laughs> pretty much yeah. or av- like rounded up to zero around down anyway i don't know like uh, great wall which was added by chin was six percent of the vote uh margrave's of valeria three percent of the vote abyss yeah, got three percent of the vote and spirit island got one percent of the vote so maybe they got abyss and aquatica mixed up maybe i got aquatica on here so <laughs> either way either way all right and now into our finals so in this final round uh, again, stick around to hear the winner of this, but also stick around to hear the contest information at the end of the episode. Yep. But this final round, we take our we do not argue either side. We're just going to simply argue each of the five main points for for these games, breaking it down. Whichever one wins out on top will be the winner of the action retrieval selection. I already have one that I think is already winning. Uh, uh, ease of play. Ease of play. Century. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. All right. Um, art and production. I would give the Concordia. I don't know. That's tough. Century. What you were saying in the last one is really yes. good too. The cups, the the bowls, or the bowls, the, the resources. Right. Uh, depending on which one you want, the, the cubes, the, the art on the card, cards, sure, coin, metal coins. However, all of the different pieces, easy to read tiles. You know which sides you're going to. A big, large board. Mm-hmm. The cards do feel nice. They're made out of good quality stuff. It is a monopoly size board, like it's kind of oblong. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's kind of weird, but uh, okay, I'll give it to you. Are. But, um, alright. So, art production, Concordia. Alright. Is there any others that immediately strike here? Uh, I have to say replay value. Okay. Uh, I think it's Concordia because they have like three or four expansions from what you were saying. Um, I don't know. Let's look it up. But uh, also, Century scales better. I'll, I'll give you that. Century scales better, but also, uh, now granted, minimum number of plays, probably Concordia, but expandability with the ability to manipulate into the other two games, um, that, I mean, there's seven games right there. Mm, so that's true. it acts as like three other expansions on top of it. Concordia, I'm not sure how many Concordia have it. Venus. Concordia Venus is like the remake, right? Uh, we're going to check how many expansions Concordia has, which, as far as I know, is not many. Is it under the full credits? I don't think it's under any of those. You might just have to search for the word Concordia. Game Concordia. There you go. Under the family. Yay, Board Game Geek. Alright, so there's technically 12 things that count. Concordia Venus, which we talked about. Okay, so there's a map pack. Eight more forum cards, mini expansion. Agent, Krita, Agent Cypress. Yep. Okay, so there's a lot of map packs is what it is. Yeah, it looks like it. Oh, Salsa. Is oh, yeah. Concordia Salsa. That's the one. Solitaria, which is the solo version of it. Yeah. All right. So, there you go. There already has more expansions. <laughs> yeah, so. Uh, right. Replay value Concordia? Yep. That sounds good to me. Game Immersion or Meaningful Choice. Which one do you want to go next? Uh, immersion. I feel like it's Century Spice Road because you're trading... Spices, and that's all you're doing in the game. Concordia, I don't feel like I'm settling. 
I like the Mediterranean. I really don't. It is very mechanistic. I, yeah. But then again, Century is very mechanistic. Too. Neither of them have stand-up moments. No. But I feel like um, out of those games, the one that's more fun to lose is Century because, again, you do feel clever as you play it. Okay. I'm not disagreeing with you. But meaningful choice. Choice is Concordia. Concordia. Yeah. I, I don't disagree at all. I don't think there's an arbitrary move that you can make in that game because of how everything works. All right. With that being said, Concordia wins 3-2. to two. All right. That is our winner. So, congratulations, Matt Gertz, uh, designer of Concordia. Concordia. And uh, PD, I think, was the original publisher here in it's Rio Grande Games in uh, the U.S. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, awesome game. There's a reason it's that high up. How many votes did they get? All right. So, Century Gollum Edition looks like it was our second. Yeah, it was our second place vote getter. It got 19% of the vote. Concordia, if it went to tiebreaker, would have won handily. Out of the 61 votes that we had, 57% of it went to Concordia. Yep. And there's That's a reason why it's so good. Now, this episode was really good fun. This the, Great idea on this one. Really. <laughs> I, I need to compliment you. I don't do that enough in this podcast. I normally give you too much hell. But I genuinely, this was a great one to debate. Yeah, no, I, when I saw it, I was like, we have not done that. Uh, we should, because both of us love right. this mechanism a lot. And honestly, and I'm going to tell this to all of our viewers, if you like one of these games, there's a good chance you will like the vast majority of the ones, excluding the ones we've given exceptions to mm -hmm. in there. But check out our <coughs> our honorable mentions. There's a, <coughs> there's a reason they're on our list. But then on top of that, any of the ones that got high on there, Concordia is awesome. Century is great. Lewis and Clark, Aquatica, you know, Stop Thief. That's even a fun family game. Honestly, like, all of them are really good. I think there's only one game on this list that I'm not really interested in playing again. I think everything else I would like to play. Yeah. And that's Flotilla. Yeah. I, Flotilla and Anker, the two. I'm not I mean, I, I'd but be interested I, in playing I would game. play all. Yeah. Again, I'm not I'm not clamoring to do it, but if you guys brought it over, I, I wouldn't be like, oh, gee, look at the time. I, I better go. <laughs> no, I, I'd be like, yeah, let's, let's do it. I'm fine with that. All right, since we're closing out, I wanted to give you one last chance to get the the code uh, word. Yes, the code uh, word. So, to, again, to use the code word, you have to email us at everydayboardgames2020 at gmail.com. In the... Uh, the um, body put contest? No. Oh, no. In the subject, subject line, put contest. Contest. And in the body, put the code word, which is taskmaster in uh, how we can get in contact with you if you we, you draw your name. Again, if you subscribe to us on twitch.tv slash everydayboardgames, that will also give you a chance to win our contest, and you'll also be notified whenever we go live and join in on the, the discussion, just like Zach, just like Victor, and Illuminous, our good friend. Thank you all for tuning in for that live episode. As well as all video re-uploads are found on YouTube at www.youtube.com slash everydayboardgames podcast and if you like what we do there are three things you can do to help us grow on the platform subscribe if you're not that will also give you an entry uh, like the video and comment down below and tell us your thoughts on the subject as well as all audio versions can be found on most podcast pla podcast platforms under everyday board games podcast this includes spotify google amazon music and podbean and again enter that contest you've heard the word taskmaster that's your clue Join in on the episode. As always, I've been your host, Daniel. And I've been your host, Daniel. And we want to thank you for listening to Everyday Board Games. Remember, every day is a good day for board gaming.